The following is a presentation of the Pro Wrestling Report, TV and radio. Informative, entertaining, and real since 1998. Are you ready? Welcome to TWR Reaction with Matthew Thomas and the man they call Meathead. And be part of the show by calling 877-317-9772. Good evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to PWR Reaction. It's Monday night. It's February 26, 2018, along with Matthew Thomas on the man they call me dead. It's been a while since we've been to you live on a Monday night, but due to blog talk issues, we are resuming what should have been our post-show for last night's Elimination Chamber. Matthew, good evening, sir. Wait a minute. This is this is not the uh, the uh, Slamboree 1997 show. Did I call into the wrong station? Uh, no, but ironically, I didn't finish. <laughs> so when we redo, when we go to do our Nitro again, uh, I got to still watch the main on that one. So you know, spoiler alert: uh, Reggie White lost. <laughs> Mongo McMichael <laughs> beat him. Uh, but uh, I forgot all about this. The gravedigger Gilbert Brown showed up at ringside and almost saved Reggie White in the match. Yeah, you know, if you're really craving to watch uh, your NFL stars in a wrestling pay-per-view, we almost had more NFL stars compete than we had at WrestleMania 11 in the Lawrence Taylor match where you had uh, all the Lumberjacks outside. We had uh, we had Mongo, which uh, he still counts as a football player. <laughs> you know who else was Reggie a Lumberjack? White. Reggie and, White. Uh, Reggie White was a – you know what? It's amazing what WrestleMania 11 started. Look, if not for WrestleMania, we probably never would have had Mongo on commentary for Nitro. We probably never would have had Mongo in the Four Horsemen. We probably never would have had uh, Reggie White wrestle Mongo. And we probably never would have had Kevin Green in the main event of a pay-per-view. The part that I, I'm kind of irritable about, you heard that right. David Pender just said this is his professional wrestling debut, Reggie White, wrestling for the first time. Um, even though he was a lumberjack, he was still on a wrestling match. Jackass. Let's just, you know, I, I like our day now. And, again, we digress here, but I like our days now where we acknowledge the other stuff, not, you know, back in the old uh, territory days where you didn't acknowledge stuff that happened in the other shows or the other territories. Folks, let's talk Elimination Chamber from last night as we're still in the main event segment on Raw tonight. The number is 877-317-9772 or 347-996-5278 to interact and react with us, available also on the Twitter machine, at WCW Meathead, at the Real M Thomas. And uh, Matthew, Blog Talk failed us last night, but uh, we're going to run down Elimination Chamber tonight. How do you feel about that? Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I just hope I can uh, remember everything that, uh, that happened one night removed. Well, hashtag blame Blog Talk. And uh, here we go. Uh, wait, Tyrus rejoined Impact Wrestling? How did that just pop up on my feed? Sorry, little news there. I didn't realize Tyrus ever left, but then again, was Tyrus ever doing anything there? Did Tyrus ever have a match on Impact? Wow. That's – well, Tyrus was uh, – I enjoyed Tyrus was in, Impact, in Impact Wrestling the best when he was Matt Hardy's bodyguard and was assigned baby duties where he would actually carry uh, Maxwell for a brief stint. I really enjoyed Tyrus Max- in that role. Yeah, he was, he was kind of like a, was, Can you can you figure out he what was, he was kind of playing a he was kind of playing a a Manny a Manny role. 
a Manny. Nice. Vin Diesel so it's a, style. The male Manny. The Manny. All right, but let's talk about it. Let's talk about Elimination Chamber. And, of course, we had some matches beforehand. Um, the first one we had was Gallows and Anderson taking on Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, who were actually dressed and ready for competition. I mean, not just to come out and flank the Miz. They were out there for competition. Well, your winners of the match, Gallows and Anderson, um, they talk about how sweet this tag team, tag team division is. It's too sweet, really. Your thoughts on, you know, new contenders for the bar? Yeah, you need something because it's getting a little bit old with uh, with Titus and, and company. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead and start a new, a new program. I think th- these guys could be a, a very, very legitimate tag team. Um, it, that was the hope when they came in, and then they got misused, and they were uh, they were doing all sorts of weird stuff for a long time. So you've got these guys kind of where they need to be. They're a little bit too – I don't know. I feel like they edge on being a little too comedic to really be taken seriously and to really reach their full potential. But, yeah, these guys are, are back on course, and I, I think that, that you definitely need somebody to go up against against the bar now, and these guys are as good as any. Well, backstage, the revival, Dawson and Wilder talk about how they're, you know, talking about hot tags and cutting the ring in half. They're old-school wrestling. So the tag team division is uh, – Heat enough. Now, the moment of the pre-show is called, this is the one everybody waits for, it's the shucky-ducky quack-quack moment. Did you know that existed? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, unfortunately I did. It's funny. Booker, I get it, but let's not get graphics. So let's not get the uh, you know, the graphics department to start throwing up you know, uh, logos on the screen and bugs on the screen. And eh, Let's move on. Opening match. It had to be the Women's Elimination Chamber. I thought there was no other way to open this show other than start with the Elimination Chamber, end with the Elimination Chamber. So, and again, because, you know, you were going to have some damage done in the Men's Elimination Chamber, you had to go with the women first because, I mean, you know, the women aren't going to break the plexiglass, but the men will. So they're not going to replace the plexiglass. All right, Mandy Rose, Sasha Banks, Sonya Deville, Bailey, Mickey James, Alexa Bliss. Were these the six that you thought should be in the elimination match for the first ever time with women? I'm not a fan of the women being split more so than anything else with this brand split. I'm not a fan of the women being split. No. I mean, given if it was a Raw-specific roster, then I guess yes. But um, I really would would have liked for this to be an inner brand type of deal. Um, that's the way that I would have done it. Like my beef from last year, remember the Money in the Bank ladder match? It should have been all, mm-hmm. all the women, not just women from SmackDown, yep. because that means you had literally the entire women's division in the match, right. and they made a big deal about it. And then when the person won, they're one out of six person that's going to get the cash in at any time. And she still hasn't cashed in, has she, Carmella? No. No, she has And uh, Well, she cashed in on James Ellsworth because he no longer works here. <laughs> right. No, he doesn't. Well, no. let's talk about some of the spots, and let's talk about some of the um, the action here. You know, uh, Mickey James with a nice big crossbody off the cage or off the uh, pod, if you will. Um, I liked the match, and you know, I liked the fact that they gave this one the opportunity to have a double team going on versus you know the other men's match, which it didn't. But your winner of the match was uh, Alexa Bliss. 
Yeah, it did you, was. Did you buy into the? Let me ask you this first. Did you buy into uh-huh. the? You know, she's sobbing. She's emotional. Oh my God! I won the first ever women's elimination match, and then she turned. Did you see the turn coming, or was it a legitimate moment? I was hoping the turn was coming, just because it would be completely uncharacteristic with with what they've done uh, for her. I like to see her keep a little edge. I was glad that the turn. That the turn came. Um, I had actually convinced myself that Mickey James stood a chance in this match, despite how she's been booked thus far. I Alexa Bliss has been funny because there really hasn't been a ton of title defenses uh, since she's had the belt, and she needed this win. But at the same time, she's almost like a Sasha you know, Banks champion, you know, yeah, because how yeah. many times has Sasha Banks won, and I don't right. think she's ever successfully defended. Yep. Yep, and so you're just watching this from you know a very a lot of things going through your mind. You don't know what's going to happen with Oscar. You don't know who Oscar's going to challenge for. At this point of the night, you didn't know what Rousey was going to do. You thought a lot of people, myself included, thought there might be an outside chance that Oscar takes on whatever champion she wants to take on, and then Rousey gets shot immediately to the top. Um, now we know that's not the case, but there was a lot going on here, basically trying to project what would happen who would make a good opponent for Asuka if she did, you know, choose to go after the Raw title or, you know, somebody else. But, yeah, I mean, the safest bet is always when you don't know what's going to happen, the safest bet is generally the champion retains, and that's exactly what happened here overall. I thought the match was really solid. Um, it was it, – it, they did a lot of things. It was very interesting to watch the women in the chamber because with them being more limber and – Wayne less. They were able to actually do things in that chamber that you know you really hadn't seen before. The the game of cat and mice, the game of keep away. Um, when Alexa Bliss is trying to uh, escape Bailey and Sasha, yeah, uh, was pretty interesting. So it was it was very cool to watch this. It was a visual you've never seen before because you've never seen the women in the chamber, and also too based on their flexibility, based on their weight, they were able to get away with spots that you've never seen before, um, including these very high risk spots. I thought the one spot to the I can't was it Alexa Bliss that did the crossbody to the outside of the chamber. I thought that was pretty significant. You had some you had some nice spots to start things off. So overall, I thought it was a really solid match, and it seems like. The reviews overall are a lot stronger for this than you had with the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, did you think anything is coming of the Sasha and Bailey interaction again? And to be honest, I think we were misled because they kept the camera focused on Bailey right. while Sasha was in the ring with the gate open and Bailey just sitting there right, sucking right. it up. I thought there'd be some yeah. interaction. Come on, Bailey, go in there and cost her the win. Set up a Bailey Sasha match at WrestleMania. I'm okay with that. It's not for the title, but it's for something else. Yeah, but I think the way they need to do it, they seem to be leaning towards turning Sasha heel. I think that's the wrong way. Look, the Bailey character. Bailey's got a ton of. Ta- not in her current incarnation. I think the no. Bailey character is wrong for the main roster. And everybody you know, thinks about Bailey in the confines of of Bailey currently, I think if there's anybody that needs a complete reset in that main roster, it's Bailey. Get rid of the side ponytail, get rid of the balloons, you know, make her something serious. And everybody seems to think that this is Bailey. This is what you had in NXT. This is what you had in the main roster. She likes to hug people. She likes to balloon people. She likes the side ponytail. 
you can scrap all of that and really reinvent her. That thing worked in a bubble. It worked at it, at full sale. It worked at NXT. I, I mean, I don't think it's completely bombed on the main roster, but it's got old and it's got stagnant and it's got a limited shelf life on the main roster. And I, I honestly think if there's anybody probably on the entire ro- either roster, male, female, uh, that needs a complete 180, it's her. The Raw Tag Team titles on the line, Titus Worldwide against the Bar Fella. Um, Bar Victorious, and um, I don't think there anything came of that. So, I mean, the Bar won, and they're still champions. Let's move on. Let's talk Asuka and Nia Jax. If there was a time where Nia Jax was made to look like she was going to win, this was the time. Asuka still prevails, still undefeated. Asuka going on to WrestleMania as the Royal Rumble winner. So who does Asuka take on, Matthew? Um, I you know, and and to uh to to pull back the curtain a little bit, I uh because I am uh in mountain time, I have actually not been able to see uh, what happened on Raw tonight, so this may have already been discussed. I don't know. The money is Asuka and Charlotte. That's where the money's at, because you haven't seen it. You have not seen that. To the best of my knowledge, I believe that Charlotte was long gone from the NXT roster by the time that Asuka uh, made her way. That's the match that people want to see. I don't really have much interest in in Asuka um, and in really anything else, to be honest with you, because you've seen Asuka burn through the people on the, the Raw roster. I mean, there's nobody that's escaped her wrath thus far. So I think you put Asuka up against somebody at Mania that you haven't seen her wrestle, and that to me just screams money is her and Charlotte. Okay. Well, who's to say? Let's talk now about Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Uh, Matt Hardy playing games with Bray Wyatt and it's actually kind of funny. Um, yeah. And he got them to sing finally. We heard the song, Make You Obsolete. Obsolete! Mm-hmm. The song came out last night, Matthew. Were you singing along? I was, and I was excited because they gave us something new with Woken Matt Hardy. And here's the deal the reason that Broken Matt worked so well in TNA was you had so many parts to it. You had so many different things week to week. You didn't know if you were going to get the baby, or you're going to get Senor Benjamin, or you're going to get Rebby, or what. Or Vanguard get. One. There were so or Vanguard One. There were so many different nuggets every single week. And WWE, like they always, like they often do, this this is not. To, I'm excited they finally gone there, but this is not translated to. The near what it could be. I mean, this I view this character at maybe five or ten percent of actually what it could be, especially in WWE with the production. So I was glad to get another layer to the character here. WWE and this Woken Matt, they have just relied too heavily on on just the same stuff week in and week out. The the laugh, the teeth chattering, that type of stuff. It's like okay, these people aren't smart enough to have these new things added, these new layers added each week. They've just, oh, this is Woken Matt. He laughs kind of funny. You know, he does this. But they really they haven't gone into the depths that and, – and honestly, I think when we look back on that little run in TNA, 
that he and Jeff had. And that's going to be some of the most creative, most entertaining, the governor off, just let the person have creative control stuff. That, that That's going to be a a very, very borderline golden creative era, just where you got to see stuff just so outside of the box on a weekly basis. And, you know, it makes me makes me long for that when you see what WWE has done with it. Glad we got a little bit more of that character uh, last night. Again, I unfortunately think WWE has been dropping the ball with this. I mean, you could have Vanguard 1 flying around in the stands. You could have so think, – think about how many Senor Benjamin shirts you could sell. I guarantee you <laughs> – you introduced Senior Benjamin, him, the 2018 version of Ralphus. Yes, to to the main roster, and your merch sales go through the roof. But I think that you know it was just too outside the box. It's too outside the box for WWE to want to gamble on. Fair enough. Let's talk about Ronda Rousey last night, and um, my first complaint with Ronda from Royal Rumble was the the smiles. Okay. Yeah. You know what? She signed her a contract. Let's give her that. Just like Alexa. Let's give her that. Right. Then she shut it down. It became business. Overall, um, I have two thoughts here. One, I wonder if Kurt is going to be long for on the microphone. I'm not just talking about last night, folks, when he said WrestleMania yeah. 21. Yeah. Oh, I mean 31. I think that Kurt's struggling a little bit. He He's Stammers on the mic yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yep, and, and you're you're seeing it continually on a weekly basis. I mean, it was two or three weeks ago where he completely blanked on what elimination chamber was called. He just he lost the name of the pay per view, you know. And unfortunately, you know, it's it's happening more and more. And, and I feel bad because the guy, honestly, Kurt Angle, as far as a complete package. It is one of my favorite performers because of the in-ring prowess, but also because of the entertainment value and because of just how fun he has been on the mic. And, and I feel bad because this is one of the – he's one of my favorite mic people, not not in the way of Flair promo or, or you know somebody like that, but just a guy who's always been comfortable in that Kurt Angle role. Maybe that's – Maybe that's where he's struggling. He's not necessarily able to be Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle. He's having to be this kind of straight authority figure. Um, you know, and he, it's not like it, 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 it's, it's not even really playing into that Kurt Angle. He's just kind of got to be bland and neutral and vanilla in this authority figure. Maybe that's where he's struggling. But, yeah, it's continual on a weekly basis, unfortunately. Okay, that's thought one. Thought two? I can see that Rhonda really practiced her spot with Stephanie because when it came time to be slapped, it looked like her arms became rigid. Lock them down, lock them down, lock them down, take the hit, take the hit. Because you got to understand, Rhonda Rousey is a fighter used to putting her hands up. So that I was very impressed. The smile got knocked away. And, again, kudos to Triple H. You see how high he jumped? I mean, because Rhonda didn't pick him up. That was trips. Fantastic. It looked like Rhonda slammed him. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was amazing. Um, absolutely loved it. And again, now we don't have giggly, smiling Rhonda anymore, which I don't want to see. You know what Rhonda needs to 
kind of mimic. You know whose tapes she needs to watch? He's an agent right now for WWE in the background. He had 1,000 holds. She needs to watch Dean Malenko. Solid. Quiet. Yep. Kicks ass all day long. I hope that's who she's working with. I don't know if she's working with him. You know, like Fit Finley, uh, when the women's division first started taking off with Mickey and Trish and Lita, Fit Finley ran the women's division. I hope Dean Malenko's working with the girls because, oh, you want to talk about a guy you want to emulate. That's the man right there. Let's talk men's you know, elimination it would, chamber. It would be, it, real quick, it would be much more entertaining if she was working with Jamie Noble. <laughs> Hi, Nadia. <laughs> Nadia. Do you think she'd get blinded from being with Jamie? You know, get the black uh, mist in her eyes? It's, it's quite possible. Elimination chamber for the men. Elias, Cena, Rollins, Balor, Reigns, Miz, Strowman. How many people jam into this damn thing? They had to start off with a triple threat. It's seven men. I sent you a message uh, right before the finish last night, and I think it said something to the effect of, you know, when we were texting back and forth, oh, my God, this thing is so built for Braun. And your response was? See, I can't remember what I sent you. Oh, it's it was literally something to the effect of. Hold on, we'll get it here. It something <laughs> to the effect of um, Roman Reigns, like Royal Rumble level shitting upon. Yeah. Oh, something oh, yeah. like that. That that Hold was on. that was that was very valuable insight on my part. Uh, you are going to have a WrestleMania 30 was... build level crowd shitting if Reigns goes over. Yep. Yep, and that that is my concern from here. Uh, until WrestleMania, I think honestly, you're giving somebody a main event. Unfortunately, they don't want. And this was, this is a year in the making. This has been rumored for quite a while. And uh, unfortunately, I was trying to think of a good analogy, and last night it came to me. Um, <laughs> well, if, apparently, it was <laughs> profane. That was the analogy. So. Well, well, this this was another analogy, but it, it's kind of like when your car, when you've had a car for a while, it's got a lot of miles on it, and part of you thinks you could drive that car forever, uh, but you know at some point, you know, logically that you are going to, you know, it's either going to become a money pit and you're going to have to throw so much money to keep it running, or you're going to have to. Shelley Long. Yep. Yep. Or, you know, as nice as it is not having a car payment, you're going to have to buckle down and, and do something else. And to me, that's how I view this Roman Reigns coronation that we're going to get at WrestleMania. Ever since we saw the bill for it some three-odd years ago, four years ago, whatever, you've known it's coming. You've known it's coming. It started. It stopped. It's got delayed in your head. You're thinking, okay, maybe they get the picture. Maybe they get the picture. But, no, this is it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's as simple as this. The main event at WrestleMania is Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Maybe they throw Strowman in there. I don't know. But WrestleMania is Roman Reigns' coronation. Simple as that. They think that, okay, Lesnar, this bill that we've done to Lesnar to make him invincible after he ended the streak, Reigns is the guy. Reigns is the guy that is going to take all of that. Four years later, this is the payoff. This is the payoff. This, this, this is the payoff. And here's the thing. Here's where John Cena and the John Cena run really has confused the business and has 
really, in a lot of ways, perverted the way WWE books. They think this guy who's quote-unquote controversial is money. They're seeing Reigns come out there to, the air quotes again, a mixed reaction. It really hasn't been mixed for a long time. I dare say the Reigns reaction is probably 75-25 or 80-20 negative, just from what I hear on TV, just what comes through on TV. But WWE has conditioned themselves to think, oh, he's getting a reaction like Cena, so he must be the next Cena. This must be the next guy. And that's the way they're spinning it. And I see it through a little bit of a different prism. I think that, okay, this is WWE. This is the fans telling you they don't want this. And they've been telling you they don't want it for a while. But I think the powers that be – they hear this, and they think, oh, he's quote-unquote controversial. In 2018, people booing a baby face that they don't like, where it used to be you know, a, a, you know, something equivalent to X-Pac heat. Now it's good for business because this person is polarizing and controversial like a John Cena. And I honestly don't think that the Reigns reaction is equivalent to the Cena reaction because the Cena reaction was – you know, pretty much an ebb and flow of 50-50 for a long time. The Reigns reaction, from what I'm picking up, hasn't been 50-50 for quite a while. It's been majority negative. But WrestleMania, unfortunately, this is this is where the big Roman Reigns experiment just where where it sinks in, and we're going to be in the Roman Reigns era for uh, the foreseeable future. It looks like. Okay, Matthew, I was. Trying to decide if I was going to spoil a little bit for you or not. To help with this point, i got to spoil a segment for you tonight. Go for it. The Roman Reigns segment. WWE and Roman Reigns may have finally given us a reason to cheer Roman Reigns. Whether it's legitimate, whether it's worked, Roman Reigns promo tonight about how, you know what, they're not going to like this in the back. Brock Lesnar was supposed to be here tonight. He's not here. Brock Lesnar was in Vegas last night. Wasn't at the pay-per-view. He was out in Vegas walking around with Dana White taking pictures. Brock Lesnar is a whiny little bitch that hides behind his contract. Hmm. Well, if it's legitimate, oh. I may have to root for right. Roman Reigns. After how many years, I may finally have found the reason for us to cheer for Roman Reigns. So, sorry to spoil it for you. Well, let's throw no. that one in there. Thoughts? No, here's the thing. Like, and, and I don't. This is reaction, Matthew. React to that. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I like what I heard. I'm looking forward to watching that segment because um, I I, I want to hear that. I want to see the you know the real life back and forth there, and I think that's a really good start. Um, so I'm looking forward to see how that that pans out. And honestly. Reigns versus Lesnar, I don't mind. I thought it was a pretty solid match um, three years so, ago. And then you had the, the Rollins cash in, which everybody liked, but Reigns versus Lesnar at the time, I, I enjoyed just the one-on-one match. Now, it's hard for me to believe that we haven't seen them one-on-one since. I thought for sure we had gotten that multiple times, but I guess we haven't. Um, so I'm actually looking I'm actually looking forward to it. What I don't like is the predictable booking, the fact that this has been the plan for so, so long. But um, I'm enjoying the I, – I think interesting. The build will be, you know, most likely enjoyable. My concern is 
Reigns takes the title from Lesnar. What is the what does the Roman Reigns era look like? He can work this program with Lesnar and make it entertaining. But what happens when Lesnar's not there anymore? And he's got to work, uh, you know, somebody else that's not Lesnar. Right. You know, we had said this before. The analogy was Batista. There was a lot of times yeah. that I said, you know what, boy, I can't watch. You know, the nickname was Bortista, but I can't watch Batista. But you know who he worked with well was the Undertaker. Undertaker yeah, made yeah. him look like a masterful. I mean, and when it was WrestleMania 24, Batista Undertaker uh, at, you know, Detroit at Ford Field, that was phenomenal. And the yeah. match was awesome because of the work that the Undertaker did, not because, you know, Batista, but he had found his, he found his person to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, that's – And Reigns seemingly works better with big guys when Reigns is – not the big dog when he's the underdog when he's outsized those matches seem to generally tell a better better story yeah so let's hope we hear more and uh one more line out of reigns tonight that i I absolutely loved was don't worry paul Heyman and brock lesnar can come here and tell you that they're businessmen they're going to come and tell you that you know it's about this and it's about that well you know what me and the boys are up and down the road and we go all over the world I want to like Roman after that if it's legitimate. Now, yeah. Roman's delivery of this seemed a little canned, where he right. sat there kind of mumbling to himself. So, you know what? I'm going to suspend reality. I'm probably pulling for Roman in this match if it's Roman Brock singly. Now, if that's the case, where does Braun go? I mean, Braun eliminated five right. of the right. six men in that match. You know, I I don't know. You might it might be as it might be as simple as a, a Braun Elias program. Not the way they. Sorry to spoil it again. Braun beats the crap out of Elias anytime he touches him. Dude, he, he yeah. slammed a big bass guitar over his back. Now there's nothing to gain out <laughs> yes, of that. Yes, he did. Braun, uh, Elias will not come out of that any better because the program again should be to elevate both talents. That will not make Elias look any better. It can't. There's no way. Braun's only destination should have been Brock Lesnar to continue to ride along this train that he's on. Right, right. Unfortunately, that's not what they want. So that was Elimination Chamber, folks. Um, You know, it's in the books, and it was not a bad show. I actually enjoyed watching it. A little salty that, you know, when they say it's five minutes per pod, and I'm looking at the math going, oh, this one's going to go a half hour over. And then blog talk, obviously not, you know, being on point and me sweating being able to watch the mid-season premiere of The Walking Dead. Well, you know what? No show tonight. Let's get our Walking Dead on. So, uh, Matthew, did you watch? No, no, it's still on the uh, the DVR, so I have uh, okay. I have you not know, watched it. So. Carl died. I don't know if you knew that. It was only promoted for the last, you know, three months. <laughs> <laughs> or he, he would be in the process of dying. Uh, no spoiler there. He died. But he wasn't the only there one. You I'll it. leave you with that. Ooh. So, we're Matthew Thomas on the Manly Call Meathead. And, you know, we talked about the beginning of the program. Make sure you're checking in on our WCW Nitro reactions. Uh, our next reaction will be Slamboree 97 main event. It's the four horsemen of Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, and Kevin Green taking on the NWO Outsiders Wolfpack 6. Or uh, I almost said Tupac. Uh, we're... By the way, Segway, <laughs> we're having a Tupac, Biggie, Ice Cube, Death Row Records, 
all eyes on me straight out of Compton, like overloading his house. I mean, we watched every program about that in the last four months. We are obsessed with the whole thing. So, was it was, Matthew, was, the, was the miniseries good? I haven't watched the miniseries. Which one? The, the new miniseries uh, doesn't even start on USA yeah. until like tomorrow night. There's another one coming. Oh, I'm oh, talking about really? the one on E for Death Road Records. I'm talking straight out of Compton, oh. you know, the movie. I'm talking about, uh, uh-huh. you know, All Eyes on Me, the Tupac movie. I'm talking about all of it. So all you, right. just, you just go Matthew all Thomas. in. You just immerse yourself. I am all in. Matthew Thomas, man they call Meathead. I've got some Tupac to watch. Peace. 